It is podcast time, hockey fans. Thank you for watching this Dan K. Show production presented by the Pueblo Bulls. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome to the very first episode of the Dan K. Show's summer series. That's right. It's the summer of 2023. We're vibing. We're hanging out. The Dan K. Show went on a semi-small hiatus where really we just didn't work for a couple hours a day and went, some, went and did something enjoyable. There's been golf, there's been music, there's been hanging out with friends we haven't seen since, well, the last summer series, and now it's time to bring in one of those friends. Although there's always a reason, whether it be tax-deductible or not, to hang out with the man, the myth, the legend, it's Dan K. Yeah, Lucas, and a very interesting first guest. A couple things I'll touch upon before we introduce him in. I'm working right now during this uh, hiatus, as you call it, on getting my scores lower, right, on the golf course. This is a guy who... He's going to outscore everybody, right? So I think I've already given people a hint at who this is going to be. He's not just outscoring people on the rink, though, Lucas. I do want you to know I keep tally of our interviewees. And this man <laughs> continues to lead the league and lead the world in being interviewed by the Dan K Show because this is a guy that is, when you want to talk about coaches that I probably talk about too much on the air, this is probably top top one in the clubhouse. I talk about this guy's style of play. It's fun. It's flashy. It's a great place to play if you're a young athlete. And especially for defensemen, it's a place where you're going to get seen by scouts around the world. Because guess what, man? you got an opportunity to put up points in bunches. And if you're a netminder, you're going to see some shots, baby. We saw Mr. Marino. Not laces out, Marino, but this is a guy that's lacing them up for Coach Mike Stanaway. Coach, what's going on, man? How's your summer going? It's awesome, fellas. What's going on? And and there is no such thing as too much of this. So, you know, <laughs> fired up to be here as always. I'm glad you think that, Coach. Sometimes we don't. But, you know, what I do want to talk to you about, there's a move this offseason. You're heading up to Stanford, Connecticut in that beautiful Chelsea Pierce <laughs> rink up there. You're going to be working with the Connecticut Junior Rangers How's that move going for you so far, and, and where are you standing at right now? Yeah, that was kind of a bomb dropped on everybody, eh? <laughs> yeah, uh, just a bit. A little bit. Um, it, it's great. I, I will say this. You know, the, the facility, I mean, you, you kind of touched on that. It, it's immaculate. I mean, that's one of the things that is is absolutely outstanding about uh, CJR is the amenities that the kids have. It's it's really, really unbelievable in terms of, um, you know, the, the workout facilities, the ice, everything like that. Um, but, uh, what I really have been impressed by is just the, the professionalism of everybody involved. I mean, it's, it, they've been so welcoming and, you know, it's, it's great. Like, you know, you know I've, I've been in the same place for <clears throat> nine years really. And, um, and, uh, you know, to, to go to a new place, uh, you get a little nervous, right? Like, what's it going to be like? What are the expectations? What's the processes? And it, it was great. They're basically like, listen, just do what you do. Right. Just just do what you do. And uh, you're, you're wearing blue now. So so it's, uh, um, you know, that it's been great. They, they've been very everybody there has been very welcoming and, uh, and, and very professional. And it's I couldn't have asked for a better situation. Now, I got to ask you, Jim Hankel gets on me a lot about my offseason workout routines. Is is he bothering you yet about the gym? Is he texting you? No, nah, nobody, nobody's bothering I just got to bring in some players. Everybody's leaving me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a positive because Coach Hankel, he's a motivator, and he, and he found yeah. out, uh, and this is my fault, he found out that I'm motivated by that Bobby Knight style a little bit more in my play yeah. oh, than, I, than I am 
by a hands-off coach. So he he's on top of me every day. He's, he wants to know where I'm going, when I'm at the gym, am I getting my workout in, am I getting a run in. It's good for me, but, but you know, coach, coach can keep on you. There you go. <laughs> now, Coach, we, we look at this offseason. You talked about it. For nine seasons, mm-hmm. you were at home there in Brooklyn. You had a routine. You had everything kind of rolling for you and cooking. You were putting a top-10 team in the country up every single season, scoring 200-plus goals no matter who was on the ice every single season. You go to this new place. How's it been kind of building this roster from scratch, I guess? It's got to kind of feel like an expansion team for you, new coach going to a new place. A little bit, a little bit, but you know what? Uh, there's uh, a lot of guys that came with me, so you know we uh, we, we 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 brought the luggage with, and and uh, every everybody came in. The staffing, I mean, it's the same coaching staff. Everybody's over, and um, you know, like I said, we're we're all excited to be there. Um, players, coaches, um, even even our trainers came. <laughs> I mean, everybody came with. So um, we're we're really excited about that, and it's. You know, it, it's just looking forward and, and uh, you know, to the opportunities that are there for us. Um, you know, I, I will say this. We've built some amazing friendships and uh, in New York and just some fantastic people. And, and I have absolutely nothing but respect for everybody there. Um, but this is a, a great opportunity for, for all of us. And, and it's something that we're really excited about. Oh, of course. And you just you talk about the family feel. I mean, there's nothing like going and calling a game and filling in for the broadcast crew there in New York and having a, just a bagel spread waiting for me when I right. go. It's a Jersey guy's dream. Now in Connecticut here, what I was waiting for, Coach, I thought you were going to say your bags were Louie. I thought you were going for, for the no. folks online, you know, on Twitter, there's the whole trend of explain it to me, but put it in a, another sport terms. So in this time, explain it to me, but put it in football terms. Coach Stanaway, folks, moving to Connecticut. This is Coach Prime going to Colorado right now. This is kind of that flashy style, that ability to put goals up, uh, an attractive team to play for, an attractive building, and a coach that's going to make your resume look attractive when you're out there on the ice. Coach, for the for the folks who might be listening to Mike Stanaway for the first time here on the Summer Series, explain to me a Mike Stanaway strategy here on the ice. What's the goal or goals by the end of a game here? What, what are we looking at if I'm a player? We're going to outscore our problems, I'll tell you that right now. So, <laughs> um, you know, listen, at the end of the day, it's about two points. You know, whether you, whether you win three to, three to two or you win seven to five, the two points is the two points. And, you know, I, I will say this, I mean, is – the, the reason why we're as offensive as we are is because of what we work on in practice. We focus on passing nonstop, day in, day out. And listen, if you, if you can't pass, you can't play. And that's a big focus for us. And there's, um, and I think that's why we're able to put up the numbers that we put up because we can snap the puck around. And it, it, we usually can't when we start, but by the end of it, we, we can we can do that. You know, so certainly we have the personnel, we have the horses there, but, you know, a lot of that gets developed and, and we focus on that because, again, you know, if this is a different scenario where maybe we're playing college, maybe the strategy is going to be a little bit different. But the focus here is to showcase what the players can do. I want to show these guys what they can do. I mean, you know, I understand there's a time and place where guys are chipping pucks and, you know, you dump and chase, you go back and trap. But you know, when I have a brief moment in time at a showcase where there is uh, a scout there for maybe 10 minutes of our game, it's it's showtime. It is razzle-dazzle, let's go, and show what these guys can do. So that's why we kind of really play a high-octane, you know, up-tempo style because 
I understand that we may have a snapshot with uh, a particular coach to watch a player. I want, I want him to be able to see what he can do. And that's why we kind of play the way that we play. And, you know, listen, we have the opportunity to shut it down. If you watched our Rocket series, right, we yep. we buckled down and played defense, you know. So, um, you know, when we – and that was, that was a hell of a series, but – um, you know, for, for both teams. But, you know, we kind of are able to read the room and be like, listen, there's, this is a time when we can go. This is a time when we got to dial it back a little bit and not play three forwards on the PK and, and, and not do certain things. So, you know, we're, not, we're, we're, we're very offensive as the season goes, but we understand as a staff and, and, and as, an, as a program, like when we got to dial it back a little bit. Yeah, and that was one of my favorite series to watch this year. And honestly, all season your team was more defensive than I've seen at times, right, when it needed to be. The, the ability yeah. to kind of turn that switch is something that, that you want to see as a scout too. And you get a little bit of both in, in, in a Mike Stanaway system. Lucas, we said the word defense, so just like Beetlejuice, you're going to come bouncing into the room. What do you got for Coach Stanaway? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's kind of the uh, if you say defense three times into a mirror, I, I show up and start firing pucks at your midsection to get you ready for the game. Um, I mean, coach, I we've watched your your game style for a long time now. And as much as we joke about the defensive side of things, the offensive side of things, it's absolutely electric. Right. And one of the things and maybe you can comment on on whether this is kind of the case or whether this is just editorializing from from two guys outside the rink is that when the high octane style that you do play allows for these kids to build some confidence to build some creativity with the puck to work on some things that you know in a more old school format they're not going to get a chance to work on but they're skills that seem valuable in the modern game with the aside from just building that confidence well i'll say this is you know we have to a lot of times teach you a lot of these kids because a lot of these kids they're so used to being kind of held back a little bit that when we kind of take the reins off a little a little and let these guys go they'll make they're going to make mistakes and you know we have to allow these guys to make mistakes to be able to learn from them and that's where oftentimes especially early on in the season where we're giving up some goals it's it's because of the guys trying to do too much so we we show guys listen here's how here's situations where you can let it go Here's like, you know, areas where we have where we have our, our no stick handling zone. We're not allowed to do that. And uh, and and they have to kind of get it. And for for that to happen, oftentimes I got to let these guys just go fall on their face a little bit and be like, all right, now let's try it our way, you know, and see the difference. And, you know, so that's where we got to allow these guys to kind of understand and, and, you know, what's going to work for them, what's not going to work. And, um, you know, so when you look at our season, it's kind of broken down into thirds and that first third of the season where we kind of let these guys go and make some mistakes and and that's okay. And if we lose a game or if we give up a goal, that's okay because we're going to go back and show these guys like, here's where we you need to be better and here's where we can adjust so we, this doesn't happen to you. you know. And, and I'm okay with the mistakes. I always tell guys just, Make the mistakes fast and we're good. If you make them fast, we're okay because oftentimes we're going to be able to to, to not have it cost us on, on the scoreboard. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, there's great examples of it, you know, where we've had some guys that, you know, they, they, they did some stupid things with the puck in bad areas. And, you know, you show them and I'm like, there you go. Now, you know, 
right? And uh, we don't make that mistake again in the future. And as long as we can adjust and move on, then, you know, these kids aren't going out there thinking, all right, if I make a mistake, this guy's going to glue me to the bench. But just don't make the same mistake twice, right? You learn from it, understand, and then you get better. If you can just keep doing the same thing over and over, that's where we, we kind of have to, you know, adjust a little bit. But um, that's kind of our thought process because a lot of these guys have never kind of had some of that freedom to be able to have that creativity in their game. And they're going to screw it up. They they are. At the beginning of the season, I mean, if you watch our games at the first 10 games, we're a disaster. We're, we're not good. Right. I mean, you look at, you know, some of the, the early games without mentioning teams, uh, you know, my assistant Oscar from Sweden, he calls me up. And he's like, oh, my God, we're terrible. We're going to be the worst team. You know, we're not making the playoffs. Forget about making a run. And it, it, it's you always tell guys we don't hit the panic button because we understand what those first 10 games are going to be because it is an adjustment for everybody, you know, because, you know, it, it's just a matter of getting our concepts down and, you know, for us, it's just being able to pass the puck. And if we can pass the puck, we'll figure figure it out, the rest of it out later. Lucas, what's the guy called from Atlanta? Is it the Freeze? The guy who races people during a seventh inning stretch? That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Mike Stanaway's style, right? Like, And and you've seen it year after year. You see the, the slow start comes with learning a new system, right? And a system where there's a lot in your hands. But how many times is it... The first power rankings rolls around for the Dan K show, and the Aviators were nowhere to be found over the last nine years. And then, I don't know, 18, 19 wins in a row later, <laughs> we're sitting there looking in the mirror going, I think we might have made a mistake. We might have overlooked one, Lucas. Well, it, you it, guys would learn at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we won't learn again this year either. I can promise you that. Well, here's the other side of it. You also got to remember is we don't we get the last start. Like We didn't play our first game last year until October 12th. Which was crazy, right? Like you starting that. Well, there's a reason. There's a reason being for that, right? Because I mean, when you yep. we have a lot of the players that that we have, as far as from out of the country, it you know we're 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 dealing with the uh, the State Department at that point, so we got to go through yeah. on the timing of the estas and things like that. So that's why the schedule was built the way it was. And it's crazy. You see, you see the the European flair to some of these sides too, and and the opportunities that creates for people not just here in the U.S., but players outside as well. Lucas, it's just it's one of my favorite systems to watch. I'm sorry I stepped in your question to make my Mr. Freeze joke, okay? So go ahead. There's nothing I should learn that that's coming. Right? Every time I'm getting ready to make a good point, I need to learn that there is some joke that is that is coming down the pike. But it actually works out well because it, it feeds right into the, the point that I wanted to make. And, Coach, you mentioned that, you know, this kind of it's a compressed schedule for you guys, right, which can be helpful in some regard, right? You get new, you get into a vibe, you get into a flow, and all of a sudden the team is, is rattling off wins. But it's due in large part to the type of players that are brought in, right? So you've you approach recruiting in a very not in a, in a very different way but certainly in a different way than some teams do with the way that you recruit talk through your recruiting process you don't have to give away the farm that's always my disclaimer yeah. here but just talk through what your mentality is when you're looking for guys to fill up your roster well it's i will say it's going to be different this year because we're not dealing you know COVID, COVID, with the, everything with covid and embassies and all this stuff being open we're going to be able to stretch it out a little bit so we'll have a normal normal uh you know like september report date to things like that so we're back kind of being normal as far as uh scheduling games but as far as recruiting i will say this you know i want players that want to be here you know i'm you know and that's kind of you know our mentality of we'll take players that maybe are less skilled that really want to be here 
um, versus uh, guys that are kind of half in, half out. And that's that's where we always tell guys, you're either all the way in or all the way out. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that's a big reason why we have the success, because if you go in our locker room, our locker room is uh, it's it's a very, very tight knit group, you know, uh, you know, and that's one thing that we you really got to have right. You can't have the honest success. And, and if guys aren't willing to really compete for each other and battle for each other and celebrate each other's successes. Right. We you always tell guys I, I could care less who scores and the mentality you need to have as a player. I could care less about your points. I don't care if you have five points. I don't care if you have 100 points. You know, it's not that you score, it's that our team scores, right? We don't care if you got a goal, did CJR get a goal? And that's that's our mentality when we go through is to celebrate your team's successes. And, and I will say this, we had a, a, a young man, um, you know, a young player, and, uh, you know, he's, he's buying for his first goal. And our, our, our top six forwards are like, throw this kid on our line. Let's go. We're getting this kid some some numbers here. And that's what it was about, is guys celebrating each other's successes. And I, I think when you can stop thinking about yourself and you can start thinking about your team and truly think about Everybody says it, right? But nobody does it. Every, listen, you, the majority of players care about themselves. And you have to, to an extent. But if you can, if you can really... Um, celebrate each other's successes and really care about that that is going to translate into team success which will in turn give you individual success because if you're on a on a top 10 team you know your chances of achieving what you want to achieve are significantly better and sometimes you have to put the team and your teammates ahead of you to get that individual success is there is, is what you're saying that there is still room for that locker room guy and kind of this hyper competitive. I love those guys. I love those guys. I absolutely, you know, those are the guys that are so valuable and, um, you know, we all get caught up in skills. We all get caught up in points and uh, you know, and, and you look at, at guys there's some of the most valuable guys that you have are the guys that are single digit point getters that are willing to go out and just hammer somebody for their teammates or, or block a shot in a, in a tough situation. We'll take those guys all day because, you know, I, I, and I get it, right. I understand the state of the game and everybody's, you know, doing all these skill sessions and I watch these. And I'm like, well, that's great. till you put contact in, let's see you do it now. <laughs> yeah. you know? And, uh, and, and it's true because all of a sudden you put these guys in contact and they can't do it. Right. So um, there, there is a place for those guys because, you know, and, and I always say this, I have a young man that's playing professional hockey right now and nobody wanted this kid. I got, I had him like, I, he was one of my first, you know, t you know, players at aviators and nobody wanted this kid. He's a fourth line guy. And you know what? He embraced that role. And he's a great teammate. And he, and he, t and I told him one day, I said, listen, I said, they need fourth lines, fourth liners in, in college hockey. And uh, he embraced it. He went on to play in the SUNY conference as a fourth line player. And guess what? He's playing professional as a fourth line player. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Guys look at third and fourth line. Like you can't say it. Like people are so like, you know, turned off by it. There's nothing wrong as a fourth line player. There's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, you know, those guys are valuable to the team. And you can't have, let's see, if, you, if you've got, you know, let's use a, a player you guys all, all know and we all love the kid. And, uh, you know, but it, you know, like you use a Raquel or a Phil Ledenkov, you'd have 20 of those, you're going to lose. 
You're not going to win with those. <laughs> yep. You can't have that. You have to have a dynamic in a team. And, and you know, nobody wants to play that role because they don't. It's, it, it's, it's not attractive. And it really is from a coaching standpoint and a development standpoint, but it doesn't sound good at the country club. You yeah, know, like, I, and you look at it too, like it's the same thing when you're a college scout or a coach, right? And you're going and trying to put, put together a roster. Mm-hmm. You Like you said, you, I can't have uh, 25 first-line guys on my squad. Yeah, you can't, I, have, you yeah. can't have six Hunter Scanlons on the back end of the, uh, of the <laughs> ice. You can't. you got to have, you gotta have uh, you know, a, a different dynamic player to go with them. Yep. Yeah, you have to you have to build the entire roster. It's what you're doing right now in Connecticut too, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's how you're able to turn the switch. You talked about turning that switch against the Rockets, and you could see a Coach Killer there on the bench for the Rockets having to change everything. He's like all oh. you could see on his face. The camera zoomed in at one point, and you saw that look of him starting to, the wheels starting to turn. How are we going to change what we're doing now? They came into the building with something in mind and got a different bouquet. Well, you know it's funny because I, I talked with one of the players. Yeah, after the season, you know, because there's a lot of mutual respect there, and it's it's uh, I'm gonna miss those battles, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna really really miss them because those those games were so fun, um, you know. But uh, I I will say this, um, you know, Killer knew it was coming, but the players are we didn't make adjustments on purpose. Like, we're, guys, we're just gonna play the same way, and if we lose, we lose whatever. Then when we get to the playoffs, all right, we're gonna switch it up a little bit here. So now the players are like, oh shoot, what just happened? But um, listen, whatever it is, it's it's they uh, they are they are terrific. That was those were terrific games. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss playing against him because it was so much fun. There was so much mutual respect. We absolutely hated each other as far as the teams, but uh, there's so much respect there that uh, it, it made it just incredible games. I mean, you know, I still... but, go ahead. I was gonna say, but. You know, I'm I'm excited for the new schedule. Right now, all of a sudden, you know, we may not have, you know, let's, you know, I'm I'm excited for the the new dynamics in the division, but I'm also excited about a lot of our off off uh, out, out of division matchups. I got we got IHC four times, we got Northern Cyclones four times. Those are gonna be some good hockey games. Yeah, and and you look at it. My favorite moment of of all time in that rivalry between you guys and the Rockets. I didn't even get to watch the game. It's me sitting in Elmira on a broadcast in the big building out there that they that they play in, and and we're sitting in the arena. It's during COVID. Nobody in the world thought the Aviators were going to upset that Rockets team. That Rockets team was unbeatable all year. One guy on the planet picked the Aviator to win. It was Dan Kay, and I'm sitting in the booth, and all of a sudden we're on the jumbotron in the arena. And they got everyone spaced out in the arena, so it's pretty quiet. And I, I announced that the Aviator have just upset the Rockets. And you hear from the bench, Coach Bartholomew, uh, just go, no blanking way, all the way across the ice. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was it was incredible. One of the one of the best moments calling a game. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you don't you don't. Here's the thing, right? I mean, you look at it. You know, the, oh, 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 those pro, you know, we, Philadelphia with Adam and and yep. and and Killer. We're all close as coaches. Those those pro those pro those rivals. Like, we were bitter rivals on the ice, but you know, a, a, off the ice, like you know, Adam and I must we must talk probably at least two three times a week still. Yep, and and that's the thing, and you need that right, and it's something that I love about the the coaches like yourself it's why we interview you so much we always talk to people you want to know who we love look at our look at our record of who we're talking to a lot right we're talking right. to guys who we we trust in what they're doing and you're a guy who's a team player like 
on the calls for the, the Premier and Elite Nationals last year on the committee, right? Helping out with that and working through it with coaches. And those calls, you'd imagine those would get heated. Guys would be screaming and yelling at one another. The, the mm -hmm. hand in hand working together to put that whole event together it was amazing to watch. And it, it it only makes it a better experience for the player, right? If, if I play for the Rockets Hockey Club and Coach Mike Stanaway can say a, a good word about me to an NCAA mm -hmm. scout at an event and he coaches my bitter rival, that does a lot more for me, even more than my own coach saying something well. Sure. I mean, I'll, t I'll tell you a quick story. There's a player yeah. that played for Adam in Philadelphia. He plays at Concordia, Wisconsin right now. You know, I, I picked up the phone. I'm like, hey, this kid can play. This, kid, yeah. this kid's a good player. I played against him, you know, six times this year. He's good, you know. Um, so there's there's no issue doing that. And, and uh, you know, really, I mean, you know, you, you got to believe in, in the league and the people involved in the league and, and – uh, you know, and I, I feel there's some really, really good programs and some really, really good coaches here that, uh, you know, whether you're looking at, you know, Jay or, you know, up at IHC or you're talking about Bill or you're talking about Frankie or, or any of these guys, um, there's some really good people. And and, uh, and and that's something to really kind of build around with what we have and why it's such a good place to come play, you know, not just CJR, but just in our league. Lucas, are you ready for our first edition of Minor Chats here in what we call the silly season. It's the summer sessions with the Dan K Show. Lucas, are you prepared? I I am not, and I suspect that none of our, our listeners are either. But you know what, Dan? Uh, go for it. So, Coach, I will give you quick background. I started off my hockey career with the Philadelphia Flyers. I needed to make content that could go on a jumbotron. We invented a game show called Minor Chats. It's a two-minute mm -hmm. long show. It would air on the Jumbotron. The first minute, I'd ask just questions about the game, about the day, but we've already handled the first minute of Minor Chats. The second minute was a game show. For one minute on the clock, I am going to ask you personal questions. There's no wrong answers. You answer however you deem fit. If you don't have an answer and you get stuck, you can pass. No, no hurt there. You can pass <laughs> if you get stuck. We're going to try to answer as many personal questions in one minute as possible. Are you ready, Coach Stanaway? Let's go. All right. Welcome to Minor Chats. The clock starts now. Coach, what's your favorite color? Blue. Coach, what's your favorite sports team? Green Bay. If you couldn't pick Green Bay, who would be another team you'd like? If I couldn't pick another team, then uh, I'm going with Detroit Red Wings. Okay. If you were stranded on an island what, and you only had one food to eat, what would it be? Um, sure. Uh, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? She's on tour right now. I don't have one. I'm honest. I own. I don't have any clue. I asked my oh. wife that. I'm like, what's the big deal? I don't know. Mine's untouchable. Uh, other than Tay Swift, who's your favorite band? Um, my favorite band. That's a tough one. Um, love the Eagles. Uh, favorite hockey player of all time. My favorite hockey player would be uh, Steve Eisman. A high-scoring win or shutout win? High-scoring. If you weren't a coach, what job would you do? If I wasn't coaching, I'd probably be selling cars. With like my my dad was owned a car dealership, but I'd be selling cars. All right, last question: Would you like a million dollars? Yes. Oh, just after the buzzer, we were it. gonna give out the million today. I thought oh, Coach Stanaway just just a second after said yes. I didn't know what his answer was gonna be, Lucas. So that you is. Want to know it. what I do with it? <laughs> what would you do with the million? 
I would, I would, I would just distribute it and uh, let everybody, let everybody play some cheap hockey. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way to do it, Coach. I would do the same uh, after I took a half mil for myself. There you go. But that that is eight. So the score to beat for other coaches is eight. Coach Mike Stanaway, thanks for joining us on Minor Chats. There we go. Lucas, you can come back into the room now since you've gotten your video clip. We've been trying to give that million dollars away for like for like four, five years on the Dan K show, and Dan's been trying to give it away for even longer. Nobody wants it. The best the best one was there was a, a goaltender, Curtis Fry, who wound up playing up at New Hampshire when I was in, in with the uh, Flyers junior hockey team in Jared Beach down there. And I asked his final question. I knew he was the biggest Will Smith fan of all time. And I had gaslighted him a bit and told him that Will Smith was in town and hanging out with the Philadelphia Flyers that day. We're at the practice facility and my final question was, do you want to meet Will Smith? And he goes, <laughs> yes. And I go, sorry, just after the buzzer, we'll have to text Will and tell him to head home. <laughs> he was disappointed for a bit till I told him Will was never in Philadelphia, though he was born and raised there. There you go. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, coach, that's the right reaction. That That's the right reaction to our nonsense. Um, <laughs> especially since you've had to deal with so many iterations of the nonsense um, as, as we've, we've known you for quite some time, but uh, now we're going to get to, we're going to get to interview you. At least I'm going to get to interview you on a different bench. I, I feel like we're now going to get to have to visit Connecticut a little bit more than we, yeah, we have yeah, in the past. Absolutely. Up. You know, you know what the, the biggest adjustment for me so far is, I think the biggest thing is is going to be going on the ice and seeing the blue helmets. That's going to be weird. Yeah, you know, and and I've had to catch myself like a hundred times, like for you know, I say the wrong team name. <laughs> that's <laughs> happened is. a couple of times. Oh, that's happened a couple of times, and I'm like, I'm oh, sorry, wrong team. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, I'm going to be calling a game this year with you on the bench, and I'm going to say the wrong team name. It oh, just, yeah, yeah. it's going to be happens. Like you just just have it. You just you. Build, but it's, you it's it's good you know it, it's not it, the nice part is, is that, yeah, i don't think there's gonna be a like i said a big big adjustment because of the fact that we have so many guys that are coming over like you got andrews and scanlon and painter on the d i mean you know that's a that's a pretty good decor just to start off before we even add anybody you know yeah. so um I'm, you know there's there's not going to be a huge adjustment period because there's so many guys it's just going to be like all right guys here's, here's what we do let's go now, Coach, your work with NCSA, your work in women's hockey, can you kind of tell folks a little bit about that? Because you're not just behind the bench with Connecticut now. You, you do, mm -hmm. do a little bit of everything. You're all over the game of hockey. Yeah, so I work I work for a company, for those that aren't familiar, um, I work for NCSA. And what we do is, uh, you know, we're, we're not really an advising company. What we do is we really kind of help educate student athletes, you know, through the, the, the recruiting process, everything from classes and workshops um i teach a, a lot of those you know throughout the months um you know everything from ncaa conference breakdowns to how to how to deal with uh adversity and stress and things like that um and then of course there's the the one-on-one -on -one, uh sessions for you know you know players to be able to get advice on their particular situation so i work on on that aspect with specifically within the women's game which is absolutely awesome. I love the fact that it's getting bigger and 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 better and and more college opportunities, both at the NCAA Division One, Division Three, as well as ACHA levels of play for the girls out there. Because there's some tremendous players 
And uh, that's something that I really enjoy that I get to sit and talk hockey with all these terrific, um, you know, female players that are, are really making a mark in the game. And, and we've got we've got some really, really good ones, um, you know, that are, are going on to some fantastic college hockey careers. And, um, you know, be, just being able to play a small part in that and being able to, to help out and maybe give some advice um is is uh is fantastic and i will say this after coaching you know this is my 15th year of juniors yeah the girls are so much more mature than the boys are it would baffle you <laughs> like it is such a you know it's funny because we have a men's department as well and i always tell them i'm like i will quit before i go back to the boys side because <laughs> on the girls side they are so much they get it it's like you know like you don't have to like you know, they just understand. They're very realistic. They got, you know, the, the, the heads on straight. And I'm like, what a difference between the knuckleheads I deal with every day, you know, going to practice. And, and uh, you know, you get, it's almost like you go, you know, I, you know, because I, I do both during the day, right? I'll, I'll start off a little bit of NCSA. I go to practice, work that, come back, finish up some more NCSA. And I was like, it's just great getting some clarity after dealing with these knuckleheads every day we have within uh, yeah, CJR now. <laughs> Trust me, you don't have to tell me that the, that the guys are less mature. I'm still not. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we're, we're both still it working is, on that, too. It was, it was, I mean, because, again, you do this for so long, you just, it is completely just eye-opening. Like, how is this possible, such a difference? Nope. And, and it's, and <laughs> but it's, it's so great. Fun. Yeah, and it's so fun watching the women's game grow because hockey as a whole, there's not enough opportunity at the collegiate ranks. No, still. no. I mean, you, you look at it. I mean, you know, I'd love to see this gig get even even bigger. And, yep. um, you know, who's a, a great advocate, and, and I really admire the work that he does within the women's game, is, is Bill Flanagan, does a tremendous yep. job, you know, really pushing the envelope for more and more opportunities and using, you know, his platform. His daughter has, has accomplished amazing things and using their platform that they have to grow this game. Because I, I will say this, there's 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 some tremendous opportunities, but it's not enough. We need yeah. more. You know, we need more college programs investing in the women's games. We need more professional opportunities because the the, the game is fantastic. There's a lot of players with just some amazing skill. And, um, you know, it's it's great to see. And, you know, I have a, a lot of ideas in my mind that, that opportunities that could be out there. But, you know, I really enjoy – taking you know really kind of getting in and helping on an individual basis you know whether it be um you know helping a player you know maybe on their on their their stride mechanics or you know being able to do just little intricacies in their game and then you know being able to help out on you know what are the some of the correct things to how to address college coaches what you want to say how you want to act and things like that so being able to use a lot of the 15 years that i've had now being one of the older guys in the in the junior game being able to, to really help uh, with some of these, uh, you know, young female players. Yeah, and, and creating opportunity, it creates more incentive for growth of the game in, uh -huh. in the grassroots level, right? That, that's what it is. It, it kind of, it takes that lid off the pot. And, and it's in the women's game, it's in the men's game too. In NCAA Division One and Division Three. there's not as much opportunity compared to how much hockey is being played yeah. in lower levels, right? And you talk, people go, oh, well, the hockey will get watered down. Well, no. There's 300, there, sorry, 250 Division One baseball teams in the NCAA. Sure. Look at any of those College World Series games. Oral Roberts, a four seed who's equivalent to a 16 in the March Madness, just won an entire pool play to get on to a Super Regional. 
that it's not watered down there. They got a guy throwing 98 no. out of the bullpen. So that's 250 opportunities. So you got to mm -hmm. look as we create more opportunity, the grassroots level has to grow to fill that opportunity. That's how we grow our game, whether it's women, whether it's men, whether it's women. Yeah, it, this is because, again, you know, it's, it's, there's not enough right now. And yeah. I, I think there's, uh, there's enough, there's enough quality players to be able to, to fill those roles. And, you know, and, and I, I will say this as well. You know, I, I love the fact that, you know, ACHA is, is really kind of, people are understanding, you know, the opportunities that exist right there. Like, you know, and, and, and I love the, the success when you look at Liberty and you look at UNLV and, and the success that they're having, what we're really starting, what people are really starting to understand. And I don't care what the level is. I don't care if you're talking, you know, junior hockey, tier two to tier three, tier one to tier two, or if you're talking NCAA D1 to division three to ACHA, the one thing people have to understand that they don't know is we get caught up, we get caught up in labels. And instead of understanding that there's significant overlap between the levels, and there really is. And, and, and those programs, when you look at Liberty or UNLV, are perfect examples, perfect examples that there are tremendous hockeys. Forget the label. Yeah. Look at the program. And, you know, some people, listen, we've seen it, right? You know, players kind of, you know, become a little bit of, of snobs at that point, like, oh, ACHA. And I'm like, dude, you could never make this ACHA. Dude, this team's pretty good. You know, like, you guys see it, right? There's some yep. of those programs are really, really, really good. And, you know, it's this, it, and it really goes to the same as that when people understand, when you look at the product and you look at the program and maybe peel back the, the onion a little bit and say, all right, what's, what's here? Um, and, and you gotta love the, uh, the impact that those programs are, are making. It's eye opening. Like, listen, you go to, you go, you go to a place like Liberty and there's 5,000 people in the stands. I'm watching on ESPN. I yep. mean, what, what are we talking about here? That's pretty cool. You yeah, know, you look, what look an experience versus playing, let's say it's a lower level right. division one where it's only your parents in the stands or division yeah. three where it's only your parents. What a cool experience. And, you know, I'm not I'm not knocking one or the other, but I'm just saying, hey, let's look at the opportunities that are out there because some of these the hockey's really good. The atmosphere is awesome. And what an experience. You know, and if we open our minds up to that, it, it creates so many more opportunities as players. And, uh, and and for us to be able to see, um, you know, really the opportunities that are there uh, throughout our game. And there's some tremendous places to go and we need more of it. And I'm, I'm, you know, both on the men's and the women's side. But, you know, also when we look at I just love the fact that those those programs are, are really kind of opening some eyes. Lucas, before we before we send coach back on his way with his busy summer, what, uh, what do you got for him? Anything else before we uh, get to our parting words? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think what you just heard is is kind of why we love Coach Stanaway so much, right? It's yep. someone who advocates for the parts of the game that everyone says they want to advocate for, right? We talked earlier about how, you know, every coach says the fourth line is important, every player says the fourth line is important, but when it comes to being a fourth line player, a lot of guys balk at that idea, right? When it comes mm -hmm. to you know, uh, commitments. Everyone wants to talk about the the space that ACHA exists in and how important it is, but you have so many players, coaches, and even advisors that refuse to even entertain the idea of ACHA, right? Programs that even refuse to entertain the idea of D3 because they believe falsely, they wrongly believe that there's some kind of stigma attached to it, right? So if we do want to grow the game, if we do want to make sure that there are places to play for everyone from, you know, the, the top 0.0001% 
all the way down to the kid that loves hockey and is willing to grind it out for four years while he's getting an education, while they're getting an education. That's the most important thing. And I, I love that we talked about that so much on, on today's show. Coach, I do have one question for you before we yeah. get to parting words. And this might be potentially the most uh, charged question that's ever been asked on this podcast before. Um, Dan Kay in full panic mode right now. <laughs> Coach, you have made the move from Brooklyn to oh, Connecticut. No. I know what's coming. Yep. Coach, right now on this podcast, which style of pizza, not do you prefer, which style of pizza is objectively better, Brooklyn or Connecticut? I'm going to tell you this right now. New York pizza absolutely sucks. It's terrible. I never liked it. I fight with my wife nonstop. Yep. I tell her I can't wait to to go like when I'm going on trips because like I want some actual good pizza because instead of this stuff, it's terrible. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to make everybody, all my friends in New York mad, but it's okay. I tell them all the time. I'm like, this is a complete disaster over here. So um, <laughs> I, I it's that. bad. It's listen, it, that's a, that's a discussion that we have had in our room for years and I'm <laughs> never going to budge on it. I don't care how long I live in this area. Cause I didn't move. Right. I still live in long Island. I'm not yeah. moving. It's 45 minutes away and yep. it still sucks. <laughs> well, this is, this is what I've tried to tell people is that, is that New Jersey actually has better pizza than New York. I would agree because of course, obviously Connecticut listen. And I've, I felt this way beforehand, right? You go to, you go to Sally's and there's a three hour wait just to get in the door um you know but uh no it's really bad i i like i, I just i i don't like it i just don't you know I, but <laughs> new york I, has it, rested it, on their laurels for too long they've gotten soft i i agree 100 it's the same stuff everywhere and i'm just like oh not a, not a fan not a fan boys i did not whatsoever it's a you, great know, you, you guys struck a nerve there because this is a this is an argument that i have with my wife nonstop because my wife's from brooklyn right we live along and she's born and raised brooklyn and i was like how could you grow up on this trash <laughs> <laughs> i like that you've ignited a fire with this 100 we uh, there there's plenty of days that I, that i probably you know that i've been threatened that i gotta sleep in the driveway over this <laughs> and you know what those arguments she wins i've, I've learned to back down and and uh fight another day but uh there's the, what it what it comes out we have we uh we get in that those day. are those are the nights where you're you're on the way back from practice you're gonna have to finish off the connecticut pizza in the car before you pull in the driveway <laughs> you know it's it's uh yeah, it's uh, that's that's uh, that's a hot button issue here because of the the New York friends that I have. It's it's uh, you know from day one, you know. But that's 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 it. Well, the Pizza Hill's not the hill to die on. I can guarantee you that. No, it's <laughs> not. It is not. Oh, especially when you're arguing with your wife about it, it's not a good. Uh, you know, you got to back down and and uh, you know, like I always tell players, right. You know, when we talked about the ACHA and the NCAA and all this stuff, and, you know, really what we're doing is we're trying to set you up for success when you're 40 years old, right? That's the process here. You know, concentrate on the next four to six years to set you up for the next 40 years. 40 years. So for all the young guys listening, you know, the you know the the, the pizza argument, right? That is, like you said, it's not a hill to die on and learn from my mistakes there because, you know what, you'll be a lot happier in life when you just – Say, you know what, dear, you're right. <laughs> That's great. Again, coach life, is firing out great takes. Life's right easier now. that way. I'll tell you that right now. You know, <laughs> if I could teach, you know, my I got three boys. I got, you know, Mikey's 
you know, if you guys you guys see him around the rink, he's yep. now and uh, he's he's a hell of a golfer. And I'm like, dude, take notes on this, man. You'll be happier in life. I'm telling you, Just <laughs> learn from this. Oh, it's it's absolutely incredible. And, and coach. You already gave us some sage wisdom, but we're at the parting words portion of the show. Lucas always skips this portion. You got anything today, Lucas? Still nothing. He's still got nothing. But, Coach, what are your parting words? What do you want to leave the folks with here before you get back to your uh, quote-unquote off-season, as we try to call it? I would say this for, for all the, the boys and girls listening here is, uh, you know, um, take some time off. Right. Recharge the batteries, you know, you know, go and go sit on the lake, go hang out with your friends, do your thing, put your hockey bag away for a little bit. You know, certainly do your training, but let's let's not overdo it. And then uh, enjoy some time with your family and friends before we dial it up for the season. Great work, coach. My parting words always go along with our guests. And and my parting word today is be a leader. I think, I think that's going to be what it is. It's a nice little off-season segment. Be a leader. And Coach Stanaway is, is a leader of men, a leader of women, a leader of people, right? This is a guy who, wherever he is, in whatever room, whatever locker room he's been in in the country or throughout his coaching career of nearly two decades, this guy wins games. And you see it year in and year out. And he doesn't just win. He does something more important. He develops, right? We all worry about W's. But we have to worry about development at this level of the game. And you don't see development any better than in what we joked about, the, the freeze style of play, right? Starting that first month off slow or that first month and a half or that first week or whatever it is, depending on the roster he's got that year. And watching the wins just start to flow from that roster and watch the game change. I'm telling you right now, you want a little project from Dan Kay? Watch the opener this season for this Connecticut team with Mike Stanway on the bench. And then tune in a few weeks later. Watch every game if you want. But if if you if you're watching just a few games, tune in ten games later and watch the difference in this roster. Watch the difference in this team. It's my favorite thing to do is seeing a Mike Stanaway roster from showcase to showcase throughout the season. We're going to be calling a lot of Connecticut Junior Rangers hockey this year. This guy's got Jim Funfetti Hankel there in the building as well. Coach, you got to have the Funfetti pancakes. We thank all of our sponsors here. We'd like to thank Remastered Sleep. Get rid of the snoring. We helped Ole Kolzig with the bottle of his own. You can help your snorer in the family out. Stop snoring with just a sip. 10% off at checkout. Dan K. Show is the coupon code. I'd like to thank GMU Sport. You know, get the protein powders. Dan K.'s in the gym. I don't know if it's helping or not. We'll see. We'll take pictures. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, we'd like to thank Body Trick. You know, they got the trick for you. Selly Salt, sprinkle it on your next meal. It's everything you need. The Dan K. Show, when we're on the mic, it's always hockey night. Run with the Bulls are presenting sponsors of Pueblo Bulls, Tunes, Tunes, Tunes. That's Tyler Toonberg and the crew out there. Jerry Wilhite's an absolute beauty, dressing like a cowboy every time we come out. Mike Stanaway, absolute beauty, still leading the league and leading the world in interviews. That's right. Love him so. That a babe, Coach. <laughs> Appreciate it, boys. As uh, always, looking forward to this. This is fun. The Las Vegas Desert Cup Hockey Tournament is celebrating its ninth year of great hockey in the desert. They offer a unique feature in which players can participate in a high-caliber hockey tournament while also enjoying a vacation on the Las Vegas Strip. Families throughout the years have created lasting memories of their time with the tournament, and they look forward to hosting you and your player this upcoming year. Pricing includes a five-game guarantee, 15-20-20 stop time, jersey, pant shell, game socks, 
Desert Cup welcome gift all included. For registration information, go to www.dankshow.com backslash the hyphen desert hyphen cup or go to at the underscore Dan K show on Instagram to find the link in our bio. Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, the Dan K show presented by the Pueblo Bulls. For more information about the Dan K show, head to www.dankshow.com.